Welcome back, everyone, to the next edition of the FCC podcast. I'm your current commissioner and host, Kirk Swanner. Joining us again today, the uh, one, the only, the illustrious Mr. Alex Goff. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am uh, getting ready for another big day, a big weekend of rugby uh, all over the country. All right. Yeah. So besides the, obviously the, the marquee matchup is UCF traveling up to Florida state for the FCC final. Uh, what are the, what else right. you got going on this weekend? Well, we have, um, a D one double a, uh, playoff on the West coast. That's up in uh, Bellingham, Washington. Uh, so we got four teams playing off there to find out who goes into the final of that spring group, ACR group, that, uh, a, against Kansas. Um, we've got D1A playoffs. We've got uh, D1 Elite women's playoffs going on. Um, I'm going to Virginia to see a high school matchup, uh, Fort Hunt versus Vienna, which uh, may well be a, it's possibly a winner-take-all game in terms of who goes to national championships uh, for high school. So I'm, I'm doing that, I, which is normal for me as I look around and go, hmm, what's within driving distance? seems like a good game and um uh then, then i get in my car and i go all right uh we're, we're gonna come back to the high schools because i love the i kind of really like the how the high schools do it but uh yeah so what's your <laughs> thoughts about the fcc season so far you know i'm always interested on the admin side like were the team's good at contacting you and stuff like that uh we had lots of media from you this year so that was fantastic so yeah just give us your outside thoughts on the conference this year well, I, you know, I really enjoyed covering the conference and teams were good about it. Um, so, you know, some actually, you know, after that first podcast and came out and said, hey, well, okay, so how, how, how about if I contact you here? Is that okay? Yes. And, um, uh, you know, a few of them got really comfortable. Um, Michael Gomez at, at Florida State realized that basically he could text me at any time and just make a couple of comments we would get a story out so uh, i think i think he got he was the most comfortable with it um that's and, not a surprise uh, by the way not a surprise not at all. surprise okay <laughs> but the thing i mean it's like i've known i've known uh, evan haig for a, a very long time but evan is always wary about talk, making it seem like he's talking about himself so he always sort of tiptoes into it uh but what what i was really pleased about was that Everyone played. Um, we didn't really have problems with forfeits or anything like that. Um, we had good competitive games. I realized, you know, look, there's going to be a, a kind of a blowout, but we didn't have uh, the kind of uh, scores that we have sometimes seen in, in high level collegiate conferences, like, you know, 110 to three, stuff like that. So th those kinds of things actually really. Uh, bode well for for the conference. Uh, I was just I was just excited. It's like okay, who, who's playing and who's who's playing well and and uh, you know who's a little bit of a surprise like North Florida. Did anybody have North Florida on their on their prediction bracket? I don't think so. Yeah, I like uh, Peter Murphy and Ed Clark over there doing some great work. Um, yeah, so I really I love North Florida. You know. There were a couple of um, mistakes, eligibility mistakes that happened mm -hmm. that caused some forfeits. So if you took away some of those forfeits, you know, FAU is like in the middle of the pack. They're not in the, in the number seven seed. So that would have been a whole different 
kind of ball game. So, I mean, these are the kind of those right. learning administrative learning curves that unfortunately I wish we did, we wouldn't have to learn, but um, we did. So, yeah, no, right. I, I, now, when, when, when I say forfeits, what I'm talking about is teams just not showing up. Yeah. Saying no. We don't have enough players, things like that. And it does happen. Um, yeah. But you, it, it, there seemed to be a robustness about the conference top to bottom. But that, 50% like of the games it. were, were uh, 12 points or less. So that's, not, that's really good. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, that's so fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't watched too much Florida rugby, but I do ref now, and so I do. You know, I have done a oh, couple, good. doing some D one A matches out here now. Um, I haven't seen the the Gold Coast D one AA this year. I've done them in the past, and I think we're on par with some of that stuff. So let's get into your rankings here a little bit. So uh, the last time I checked, I think I, I saw us Florida State up at nine. Um, yeah, like what. Yeah, because in the rankings issue, like it's just give us your feedback or your thoughts there. Well, it it is difficult um, uh, to the point that I may next year change it and just do these are the teams playing in the fall, these are the teams playing in the spring. The difficulty is that there are uh, a couple of conferences, the NCRC and the Pacific Northwest and the Heart of America specifically uh, that play in both the fall and the spring. So, do I put them in both or do I choose one? Um, I'm going to have to figure that out. Uh, so what happens is at the beginning, you, you begin in January, we've already got a fall's worth of rankings. We already have, you know, Tennessee number one and the state number one, because I haven't seen anybody, uh, that says we have to be number one. We have to, right. we are, we are definitely better than Tennessee. Now I've got Fresno state creeping up there, I've got Florida state creeping up there has to get up there now. Um, and I had them low and, um, it, it, it's a long process through the spring. And, and the other thing that I, I think I mentioned it in the previous show, uh, about playing outside your region. So there's, um, the Lone Star teams who don't play outside their region. They just play in Texas. Texas is big. So I get it. But then they went to the playoffs. And they actually performed quite well against the Heart of America team. Like, oh, okay. So not only does Texas State move up, uh, they finished a close second in that in that bracket. Uh, but UT San Antonio finished third, so they bump up. And Sam Houston State, who were quite unlucky not to get one of the top two spots, they move up too, even though they didn't play a game. So these are the sorts of things I have to think about. Uh, but I am a little bit wary of just pushing some of those top teams down. Um, I would uh, say Tennessee, Queens, Brown, Bowling Green, those not, guys. I'm not sure the last time a Florida team has beat Tennessee. You know, like I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I have no issues with Tennessee, Queens, Brown, Notre Dame, Fresno State, like all that. I actually think Florida State at nine is actually a bit high. I think when you had them in the 12, 11 range behind, you know, a, a varsity Wheeling and Dartmouth, I think that's fine. Um, right there with you Clemson. It'd be, it'd be I, interesting I, to see Florida State play Clemson. That would be, you know, the top Florida team play Clemson or Tennessee. That was the one I was thinking about. Yeah, I was thinking about that, thinking, yeah, um, you know, Clemson has Clemson done enough here for me to say yes, they should be stay up there and and not Florida State. But I no, I I maybe I have them too high. But um, and my problem is that they really can't go any higher. 
because yeah. they don't they don't play outside the the state. I mean, got, coming this weekend, we have uh, Western Washington plays uh, Sacramento State, and uh, Fresno State plays University of San Diego, and then the winners of those games play on Sunday. So I... there, you've got Fresno State, who's been dominant in their conference, playing two teams that they don't see uh, normally. And that suddenly gives a, a completely different perspective. Yeah, I, the, I really like Cal State Long Beach. I've done a bunch of their games. I think they're a great yeah. team. So to see San Diego come out of the Gold Coast, that I'm going to be interested to see those San Diego score lines this weekend because I think the D1AA, the Gold Coast D1AA is Pretty strong. I mean, there's only a couple, a handful of programs in there, the D1AA level, right? Because Claremont, right. who I live right next door to, is not. They're actually in the small college, I think. I don't know. but That's correct. I think yeah, they're small college, but they're very so yeah, good. I mean, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they are, are very really good. an excellent program. Yeah, they are very good. Yeah, J- Jeremy and uh, Bracken do a fantastic job, and, and Ray. But Cal State Long Beach, Arizona State, University of San Diego – and I'm trying to think who yeah. else is at the D1 AA level in Gold Coast because that Gold Coast is a mixed hybrid small college D1 AA. Yeah, at least it, it was it, prior it, to the split. It, but it, it, Long Beach State, Arizona State, and uh, San Diego, and then, um, the the rest really are, are small college, um, and 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 they all just play together and then split off into their respective things. And Long Beach is great. San Diego, their their thing, and it sort of spills back to. What's happening in Florida? Defense. They played really good defense, and they mm. and, and sort of out of almost out of nowhere, didn't expect them to be super strong. Partly because um, some of the COVID shutdowns lasted longer in San Diego for some reason than it did anywhere else, and so it seemed like they weren't doing anything. And then they show up and they're just playing, yeah, really really well. But it but it starts with their defense. Nice. Yeah. So as you talked about playing at a conference, like I always harp on the Florida teams to go tour and I don't, I don't mean international tour. I mean, just domestic tours, but it's tough. I know Florida state had, you know, cause I still work with them pretty closely on some stuff admin wise. So I know they had a pretty tough time getting any SCRC competition. Um, maybe we might do something different in the fall as far as sevens and fifteens preseason where it might help out. We'll see how that kind of goes. I need to have that discussion with the teams, but um, you know, in October, the SCR season, the heart of their fifteens regular season. So it's really tough to play against them. And, you know, they, you know, they basically surround us in the Southeast. So um, right. I, I was well, talking I, today. I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Just, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I like Marty Bradley, who runs that conference. Uh, good I guy, he's a great yeah, rugby he's great. person. Uh, but but you know what? I mean, m- maybe it's a situation that you go to specific schools and and uh, see some of the the teams that are emerging. Georgia has emerged uh, this past year uh, as a pretty solid program. They've got some good results. Maybe you sort of just tell people, hey, look, why why don't we try and set up something? We meet meet the Georgia Bulldogs in, the, in Marietta or something like that. And, yeah. um, you know, sometimes you think about the conference thing and the SCRC conference um, it puts themselves with the Mac and the Big Ten in terms of like-minded conferences. And I 
Um, I don't, I, I don't know if Florida says, you know, well, you know, maybe this year they say, look, look, look at what we've accomplished here this year. Uh, being I, able to, the number of quality teams we have. I, I think if Florida, like my personal goal is to like get us to D1A status, just because I think D1A, you kind of get a bit more liberty, you know, like to kind of choose what you want to do. But if we want to stay at the D1AA st- at level, I've I've said it and I'll say it again, we should move to the fall and we should align with the teams around us in the Southeast. The hard part for us then is, uh, fall time is hurricane season. So you can't really do much when there's a hurricane barreling down on you. You know, you can't really get a game yeah. anywhere. In, but I, but I like me and Marty yeah. get along great. And I, we actually agree yeah. on a lot of things. The difference is he has to deal with the winter snow and we have to deal with hurricanes. So, um, those pesky hurricanes, they, they do, they do ruin a weekend for sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned in a video this week, uh, you know, it just, I don't, I, I don't understand why college teams don't go down to Florida on spring break. And play yeah. A couple of- yeah. That, so that was another Obviously. thing I was, was talking about it today. So I'm going to start reaching out to some conferences and say, Hey, do you guys want to come down to Florida for spring break? And if you do tell me now and I'll build it into the schedule, I, I will, you tell me where you want to go and who you want to play. And if you guys can mutually agree upon that stuff, I'll build in the schedule. I don't mind doing it. You know, um, yeah, because so, you know we do need to- how great would it how great would it be if you had say University of Arkansas and Harvard come in oh. and then they play each other as well as play you know a couple of teams in Florida. Yeah, if if that if programs want to come down and do something, the oh, listen, uh, we'll make something happen. You know, like I feel like yeah. in the Florida conference, we're trying to be pretty um, open minded and cutting edge on some stuff. You know, like. Like I said, we're I, we we're talking earlier about bowl games, and like I am a much bigger believer in the bowl games. We can get down that track again if you wish, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I I I'm all about it. I I Steve Ciano, who um, did the bowl series uh, for a few years, um, is still someone I talk to because he maintains my website. Um, four by three. I'll give him a, a plug. That's the name of his company. Go for it. Um, yeah. But but. Uh, uh, he did a great job, and, and it's the idea of taking you, you can take like 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 we saw um, you know the, the MAC and the SARC, or you could um, take conferences that never ever spend any time with each other, and and match them up and say, look, you know, this is you're the champion of this conference, you're the champion of that conference, or the number two, or something like that. Um, let's build this rivalry up. And uh, you could have six, seven, eight games on a weekend that are all really exciting rugby games. And that, you know, I mean, does it does it matter? Does it matter that somebody doesn't get to call themselves national champion, which nobody gets to do anyway? Or do you have eight, eight teams that walk away with with a little challenge trophy? I, I that's pretty great too. So like, I think national championships are great for three reasons, right? They're great because it's like something of value. And I put value in quotation marks there. Um, You get to travel with your teammates and you get get to play someone new, you know? So you can, you can play someone new and travel with teammates with a bowl game or with a tour and then make something of value to me. Like if you, 
a D1 AA national championship undermines a D1A national championship, a D2 national championship, you know, like all these divisional championships further down the pot, they just undermine the one above it. Right. And so like, what, what are you right. valuing there? So I, to me, it's more value, the local comp, right. You make the local comp, the, the most strongest it can be. Then that's like where the most value is going to be driven down to the players. Cause they're playing in that week in and week out. And then, so that's why I've always pushed more for the local comp, make that as strong as you can be. And then, Yes, I, I'm not happy that we don't have somewhere to go postseason. I'm not ecstatic about that. Uh, bowl right. games to me is the answer, you know, because there's how many national championships, right? Like there is the game between yeah. Tennessee and, and, and Bowling Green, which was maybe technically a bowl game that got billed as a championship you're talking about. Right. I mean, I mean, were they the two best? Club, I, I would say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not teams, I guess, probably, yeah. So you could say, yeah, hey, um, you're, you're the best club team in in D in D one AA rugby. So you say you're you won certain championship, but it it wasn't it wasn't officially called that because it's not because at the same time there was a playoff going on under NCR, and that one was goofy because we all started with the idea that. Um, the Ivy League and the the, the Mid Atlantic Rugby Conference Mark and uh, the Chesapeake would all be contributing teams to an NCR playoff. And then NCR looked and said, "Hey, um, this Chesapeake Conference has a bunch of teams that arrive have teams that are either varsity or close to varsity, and it, it just seems wrong." At the same time. The Liberty Conference, which builds itself as a D1A level conference, has a bunch of teams that are not at that level at all. So let's switch that. So the top three teams in the Chesapeake got picked up and moved into the, the higher level Division I playoff. And some teams from the Liberty got put into the D1AA playoffs. So ultimately what you had was Virginia Tech won the whole thing, and Virginia Tech finished fifth in their conference in the Chesapeake, which by the way, it doesn't exist anymore as of like a week ago. They all went um, to Rugby East, right? They, or a bunch went. Yeah, they all, all, went down all, to D2. all but a couple of teams. Yeah, they went to D2, and so it's gone. Uh, they lost, the, you know, the commissioner went to Rugby East as well. Um, mm. But Virginia Tech it says we're a national champion. It's like, how can you say that? I mean, what Virginia Tech did was amazing, and they're a very good team, and they were player-coached, and the amount of effort they put into their playoff run and all the time in the world for, for those young men. But you can't say you're a national champion because you, you weren't even conference. the best in your conference. <laughs> right. And, and do you think you could beat Tennessee or Clemson or Western Michigan or, or Bowling Green? I don't think you could. I mean, and, but the thing is, you, you didn't play them. So we don't know. No. Um, so the... the that's what happened in the fall. Okay. Here's a big question for you, Goff. Like, yeah. is there ever going to come to a point where there will be a one size fits all solution for all college programs in America, considering the vastness of the country and the diversity in um, climate that everyone has to deal with? Uh, one size fits all? No, I don't think there's one size fits all. What I do think is that there will be something. There'll be an equilibrium, and um, 
you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I dig that. I mean, I, like, I was, yeah. So, it was, uh, I, I, back many years ago when George W. Bush was president, somebody asked him, should you be making people drive electric cars? And he said, people will drive electric cars when they want to drive electric cars. And right. the market will drive it. And, and I agreed with that because in, in my own tiny little world, before I got driving about rugby, um, I, was, I was in PR. We used to do all this stuff. We would make these printed things, and we would always put on there printed with recycled paper because that was a big deal. Uh, and you wanted to show that, hey, I'm environmentally conscious. I use, you know, uh, recycled paper, and it was it was a it was a PR thing. It, it eventually became such such com- so commonplace that nobody puts that on their printed materials anymore because they're all printed on recycled paper. Everybody uses recycled paper because recycled paper is now cheaper than than virgin paper. So. The, the point being that eventually people are going to look around and say, "This is the, these are the best people to, to, to work with and play against and be a part of. And I'm going here because this is the best competition. These are the best guys to hang out with. Things like that. And um, so we'll, we'll see a little bit of an equilibrium. We, for the most part, Division two has done that. Division two all went to NCR because they all have pretty much the same thought process um, in that uh, they they play at the same time. You know, they're they're all in cold, almost all in cold weather states, things like that. So, so they also have the same decision making process. D one AA, there's a bunch of different things going on, but I think eventually we'll have a group come together, plays in the fall, and they'll play together somewhere. And this group will come together in the spring, and they'll play together and do something. And um, but it'll take a while. It's because it, everyone's just bouncing around. Yeah, great. So uh, I really appreciate that analysis. And I, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to just take a while. And uh, yeah. And that's why I like my intro in the podcast is that yeah. the only constant in college rugby is change. So maybe at yeah, some point it'll sure. stop, you know, but um, the high school nationals, how do yeah. those work? Uh, okay. So um, it was, it was a long time ago that uh, teams going to high school uh, nationally said, this is not, um, this is not tenable for us to stop playing for most of the teams to stop playing the league games in early April so they could have playoffs to go to a, a mid-May tournament. Um, you know, as you said, April, May, what a beautiful time to be playing rugby. So some places just said, forget it, we're not even going to bother. Some places said, you know, we'll, we'll have a tournament to decide who goes to Nationals Middle League. And, and through all, eventually it circled around. USA Rugby stepped in and took it over, did a terrible job, and then said, boy, that's a lot of work and not much payoff, so you can have it back. And um, so, so, so now they look at it, and, and it's been for several years now, uh, where the, um, 
you don't really play yourself in. You you plan to go. And sorry. Um, you you plan to go. You apply, and you sh- and then when you're invited, you show up and play. Now now they make the they make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. So the, there are teams that have applied that have been great for years and are like a no brainer to invite. And then it turns out injuries and weird things going on and they're just not good this year. And they're like, you know, um, you know, we, we wanted to come, uh, but we've looked at our first few results, probably a bad idea. And, and that happens every year. And there's, there's, there's flexibility, in that. but for the most part of the 24 teams that go, I would say, minimum 18 know they're going in January and they show up and they perform extremely well. So if it's a 24 team, do they put it like in three different brackets of eight or something? Yeah. So it's a bracket of eight school teams, a bracket of eight club teams, and then a, a, a third bracket, which is called tier two, which is school and club teams. Basically whoever has not been put into the tier one of their, Uh their segment. And the idea there. Um, really is also, it's like, you know, we're going to invite you. You're going to come. We don't know where you fit just yet. You might go into the second tier. And I I will say that, um, almost, almost every time that there's a, a decision to be made in which, uh, Oh, you know, we're going to have to move them down to tier two they're not going to be happy. Almost every time the team that's moved down to tier two sort of nods and says, yep, I know, I get it. I understand. Um, last year, the tier two was really, really competitive. Um, so, you know, several of those teams, you look at them and say, well, they're tier one caliber, but it's not like they necessarily, um, it was, I, I don't think any mistakes were made. It's just that that's good. The tier two, uh, to, to win tier two, you're, you've got to be an exceptional rugby to win tier two. So it's, um, so they're playing three matches over three yeah. days, like three days, oh, two days, three days. Okay. Three days. So you, uh, the games are 60 minutes long. Um, what that does is it allows an extra 10 minutes for a, uh, for an overtime, uh, because you 19 matches um, only play 70 minutes, to, uh, only play 70 minutes. Um, it's been a while, I, I guess, um, when Danville won nationals, uh, of, of like, what, what was that? Three years ago, they won in overtime, but it's, it's fairly rare. It's fairly rare though. It, it used to be frustrating. The old format was 40 minute games, mm. um, two 40 minute games, um, each day. Well, you know, you get, you get a lot of games that end up and, and they had no overtime, no overtime. So you end up going for penalty kicks. To, to decide it. And, um, uh, I remember actually the, the, the team I was associated associated with tied all their games and every game was decided by kick. And they said, and the coach comes back and said, we didn't lose a game and we finished seventh because they just, their kicking at the end was good. Uh, so having slightly longer games, having them each day sort of avoids that, that kind of mess as well. Makes it a little bit more real. Yeah, no, I, I'm okay with something like that. Like, 
you hit for me, you hit the nail on the head that like it's the best time to be playing rugby, I think, in college, if you're a spring based, is March and April. Those are like awesome mm-hmm. weekends to be playing rugby. And so my biggest gripe with the national championship is how much time it eats up in the schedule. So then you then can't build out your local conference schedule to make it more valuable. So if there is a way around right. that, like, and if we, if we go to some like championship, like the high school school, my, me, my personal opinion is that, you know, sports is nothing more than drama, unscripted drama on a field. So oh sure, uh, yeah. that's why like closer games are more fun to watch. <clears throat> Sorry, because it's more dramatic than a blowout, you know? So and, uh, you know, it's funner for the kids to play because their energies and input has a bigger impact on the outcome of the game. And so, you know, those, those minutes are more meaningful for the kids. And, and again, like it's just a better yeah. experience for the kids. So um, my personal belief when it comes to like college football is that the playoffs are the worst thing in the world, actually, because mm-hmm. nothing to me, college football, there's nothing better college football than a mid-October huge at a conference matchup that's to me like where college football shines um and you don't get those with the playoffs as much you know like ever since the bcs and now with the playoffs they just happen less and less because a loss late in the season just hurts you too much that you don't get those big those big matchups and i think that's why bowl games you know for the longest time for college football worked and i think it worked better than the playoff structure because Sure, you would have these com- these conversations. Who was the number one team? And that's great. You have those conversations all summer, and that's what you want. You want to be talking about things like that. But now the difference oh, absolutely. is now you're just talking about who's the number eight or six or five. What? Who cares? Yeah. You're just moving the thing further down the chain. So it doesn't change. You know, Kirk. Uh, my my biggest traffic months are October and April, and those are not uh, the playoffs. And May is good for me. November is good for me. Everything like that, but it does drop off once more teams are out of it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I mean that, and so if we had a you know whole bowl game and more people were involved, um, absolutely, I think I would get more attraction. You even think about like the Sevens World Series, and if you watch that, um, and if you go to the LA Sevens. If people can make it, I, I think they should go. I've, I've been to so many of those. They're really fun. But the, um, the number, the, the, big, the time when everybody is in their seats watching are the quarterfinals. Yep. Not the semifinals. They're soft because so one of your teams lost, right? And, um, and the final, the, 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 the crowd of the final is half what you saw at the quarterfinals. A bunch of people have left, gone home. And then you see those pictures of teams celebrating having won the tournament, and there's no one in the stands behind them. They've all they've all left. But the quarterfinals, why why the quarterfinals? Because that's four games that are amazing. You sit there and go, well, well, what's next? Well, it's Australia versus Fiji. All right, uh, you know, let's settle in and watch that one. You know, it's 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 going to be great. Um, and I think that's what happens. We can we can everybody's just sort of can check out when, when their, their teams are no longer involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, yeah. So I, you know, 
Evan and I were trying to do some things with uh, bowl games. We were trying to go after some individual teams here and there or some conferences, but he did a lot more legwork than I did. You know, I was too busy dealing with some other stuff, you know, working a full-time job and stuff. So, um, but we're going to try to do it again for next year. Um, being in Southern California, I think is actually beneficial for me to run the conference, not being in Florida. Cause I see so many other different things and, I, and I'm exposed to a whole bunch yeah. of other different people. So, um, yeah, we'll see what we can well, get. I, I, I think it'd be great. I think that, I think there's a way we could get creative. We, you know, in terms of, of how it's done. Spring break is right there. There's people have time off You sit there and, and organize a, then you start your season wherever you said everybody by the way we are we are taking a spring break trip to florida or to wherever um or we're staying here because we have three teams coming that week and we're all we're playing them all yeah there's yeah like uh I know during my time at Florida State, we hosted Michigan one time. It wasn't their best. You know, these were a bunch of guys coming down for spring break, but we had a great time and it was cool for a Wednesday night matchup. You know, like I don't think rugby has to be on a Saturday. It can be on a Wednesday, a Thursday, oh, sure. a Friday, a Sunday. It doesn't matter. But yeah. Uh, all right. So, Alex, what are your thoughts on the FCC final? You want to make any, uh, any predictions here between um, Bombastic Gomez and doesn't want to say too much, Evan Haig, but <laughs> uh, you know the the thing is, I think the um, the UCF team in the way they play speak louder. Uh, they're, they're in the sense they're very dynamic, they're very athletic. Evan um, understands the game really well, and, and he's got some young, talented guys um, involved there. And, and you know, the, um, and then Michael McNeil is, is, is sort of a central guy for them. Great. I really like them. I think they can score points. Um, I think it's really tough to score points um, against Florida State. And now I don't want to come across as you know that the old curmudgeon going defense wins championships. I don't think defense necessarily wins championships, but great defense does. Uh, Florida State's allowing what twelve points a game. It's, yeah. Uh, and and in the game they played Central Florida, I think it, uh, and I want to say it was. Um, 14 to 12, something like that. It was really close. Um, uh, 15, 14, something along those lines. And then Florida State scored 26 on extra points. Um, they've got uh, O'Keefe that's having a great year. Um, at, at Flanker, he scores tries, he steals ball, all that stuff. Um, I just think that um, Florida State proved themselves, especially with a shutout recently, uh, that they will not give up. Uh, soft tries, and I think that's going to be a huge part of it. I think Florida State's going to win. Yeah. Uh, with my conference commissioner hat on, I want to see a three-point ball game. Uh, I'm not, I don't care who wins. I, I think both teams are great. I really enjoy both coaches. Um, I think all the clubs in the entire conference are great. And I love all the coaches. Uh, but yeah, but with my FSU alumni association hat on like Florida state all the way, baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Hey, I tell people, I, uh, um, I don't care. I really, I mean, I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight. Um, and uh, I, I would like to see a competitive game. And you know what? That, C- Central Florida. 
uh, has don't the sleep ability on to score. Yeah. They, no, yeah, exactly. And and especially like the first five minutes, they could they could score a try for uh, in the opening couple of minutes, and then it's it's just uh, um, then Florida State's under pressure. It'd be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, no, I, you know, like I, I believe Florida State is have a bunch of young kids. Um, so if they're under pressure, it'd be interesting to see how they respond. So yeah, yeah. and Evans a great, you know, coach teams get better as the season goes on, and and Evan is a great coach, even though he won't say it. Um, yeah. So that team's going to get better, and so it'll be a different ball game than the last time they met. Um, so yeah, I would. Yeah, Florida State needs to be careful. Uh, I'm hoping for a fantastic game. We got the live stream out there tomorrow. So, um, awesome. a couple of my, my buddies are commentating, so it should be awesome. Awesome day. Uh, so yeah, check out the live stream, all that type of stuff. So Alex, just want to thank you again for your time, sir. Uh, no any closing words or comments or, you know, anything you want to say? You know what? Um, I just remind people when we talk about all this stuff, it's about the game and it's about the kids and it's not about anything else. If you're coaching or even if you're a volunteer coach, you're doing it because you get something out of it and that's great. But remember all of these permutations and playoffs and championships, it's about the kids. Absolutely. And yeah, I agree. Like we're in the business of, of leisure, you know, it's all about the experience, mm -hmm. deliver the best possible experience for the kids. So Thank you so much for those words, Alex. That is fantastic. So we're going to sign off awesome. here. Uh, catch the game tomorrow, guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining in. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Kurt.